1: Hey, I'm Nick
0: Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees and frackasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other.
1: So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty free and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl.
0: Midair madness, passengers trading blows. Mid
1: air brawl on board a scoot flight from the Docker. At LAX, thrown off a flight
0: from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. How is the lady that started the s? What a fucking talking to me! I out this crashes. Out the fucking door! Welcome
1: to a new year, and welcome to Mid-Flight Brawl. Any tip rack can fly now. Here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Mate, as I just said,
0: happy new year. I know you're a man that loves this sort of stuff, mate. Oh, man. It's, I mean, it's passable because it's only a week ago, but uh, you might want to watch that because, for me, like people people let to blow out. Sometimes you'll see someone you haven't seen since the previous year, but it's like end of January, February. I don't know where to draw the line. Probably today, to be honest. Yeah. People say Happy New Year in February, punchable. Yeah. No, that's that's as bad as fucking see you next year Yeah. <laughs> on New Year's Eve.
1: Of course. Um, what's your rule with uh, like Christmas trees and decorations? They're down in your joint already?
0: Oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah. Totally gone. Yeah. Technically, Boxing Day should be gone, but didn't get around to it. Yep. But, uh, yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't care much for that.
1: So when do you think, like when uh, when Woolies starts put, Woolies and Coles start putting out hot cross buns? Fuck! So I haven't checked, so they probably already have. You've got to stop saying Happy New Year. It all rolls into one.
0: I seen hot cross buns on Boxing Day. <laughs> Next big thing.
1: <laughs> You're the only bloke. Everyone else is waiting at fucking stores to go get sales on shoes and shit, and JB Hi-Fi getting a cheap for Falcon. Yeah. You're just at Woolies <laughs> waiting waiting for hot cross buns to
0: <laughs> get you. Same as like April twenty five. As soon as Easter's is over, April 26th or something, you just go, oh, fuck, where's my pumpkin? It's Halloween soon.
1: <laughs> no, it goes Easter Easter weekend into uh, they then go to uh, Anzac
0: Day. Oh, what? What do, you, what do you buy for Anzac Day though? Anzac biscuits.
1: Yeah, but I think Coles and Woolies start putting up that stuff. Do they?
0: Yeah, they celebrate Anzac Day at Coles and Woolies. Yeah, oh. yeah, there'd be there'd be somewhere to donate your favourite thing. Oh, fucking don't don't we love a duopoly here? Just everything everything goes around what Coles and Woolies do. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. What do you what do you make a Christmas in July?
1: Um, I don't think I've ever done it. Oh no, that's a lot. When I worked at the summer camp in the states, they did a Christmas in July. Yeah, just a little fun thing for
0: the kids. Oh, okay, well. Why would the I, th- I thought Christmas in July was for people who live in hot climates to experience the the motherland thing where they come from, yeah. where it's cold and they can pretend that they can make snowmen and shit. Yeah, in a winter climate.
1: What I did like about doing it in the states is that it's hot there in July. So just at the summer camp, I was on the beers early. I was arguing with Rallo's by quarter past eight. Yeah, I'd already been sunburnt, maggot. Just like Christmas. Standard. Christmas should be. Yep. It's not it's
0: not like the Christmas cards. You want to eat minimum five different types of animal and fucking get some scabs on your knuckles for Boxing Day. Otherwise, it's not Christmas. <laughs> Pre-10am. <laughs> <laughs> I um
1: I'm not a New Year's fan anyway. We've covered this before. I'm not a big New Year's Eve fan. I made the mistake once with an ex. She talked me into going into the Melbourne CBD. To watch the fireworks on New Year's Eve. Jesus Christ. Worst night of my life. Big crowd. Fucking rammed. Yeah. Rammed. Nightmare. Good night if you were that Burke Street bloke, that lunatic in the Commodore. Oh, you would have wouldn't have been able to move. Didn't time it that well, did he? No, nah, but it's fucking, it's just yuck. I hate fireworks anyway. Um, not a fan of them. Don't care <laughs> for it. I hate New Year's Eve drinking. Really, it's as we've discussed before, again, it's it's amateur night. The only fun I truly ever had New Year's Eve was when I was a teenager. I grew up in a court
0: in uh, Hopper's Crossing. And there were- Hang on, like a dead-end street.
1: Yeah, what do you call it?
0: Well, I thought you meant like a fucking, you know, like a court of law.
1: Oh, oh like family court. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you and your parents lived above that handily.
1: <laughs> no, it was a – what's the other word for it? Uh, cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac, yeah. It was a court and – um the occasionally our our street would just get the council thing to block it off, just block off the court, and all the parents would get maggot. And as a teenager, I think from 12 or 13, I got to have one beer. So I think I was 12. It was like one beer at 12, two at 13, three at 14, four at 14. No, no, no. It, it was around there. It built up to six at 18. Yeah, right. you know? Yeah. But- and I I was a super good kid, never got in trouble, but there were some neighbours that were rascals. We had a neighbour at the end of our street, and the kid's name was Philip. He was a few years older than me. He was in the same age group as the – there were kids mainly my age, and then there was a group above us, yep. and he was in that above-age bracket, but he was a fucking dweeb. No fun, shit banter, ah. just an English family. They were cunts. Say no more. And his dad, his dad Bill, had a boat. And would show it off. And in Hoppers Crossing, nobody in my area, nobody had a fucking boat.
0: How far was the nearest waterway?
1: Oh, Werribee Beach would be twenty minute drive, I reckon. Not that far. Okay. But they had a boat, this little catamaran thing, and Bill hit some rocks and it broke in two. And the two parts of the boat were on his front lawn. Great. And my mum used to call him two boat Bill. Excellent. <laughs> to his face. <laughs> hey fuck, you're doing all right, boo. Bill? With your two boats, right, <laughs> just to shit him. But the older kids that I was mates with every year used to break Philip's letterbox and put it in the drain. Yeah. Right? And to this, this one year I remember being 16 or 17, before they left on their holidays, Bill came out and yelled at everyone, I don't know who's doing this to our letterbox, but we've got cameras. Yeah. We've got cameras around now. Yeah. I just got to be a part of a thing playing street cricket while kids jumped the fence on either side of Philip's house got up on the roof and dropped down into the front and sort of spray-painted it. It was like um, like Mission Impossible. It was incredible.
0: Oh, they spray-painted the camera?
1: Yeah. Right. Spray-painted the camera and then spray-painted the window. There was a camera in the window. They spray-painted the window where the camera was. So all they would have seen is kids playing cricket in the street and then letterbox gone.
0: Right. That's a lot of effort that a balaclava could have just fixed. mm
1: and I hope I'm not misquoting my dad here, but I remember we put it in. I had to help the kids lift up a drain, and I helped them lift up this drain cover. And I believe dad listens to this. So he'll tell me if I was wrong. I believe he caught us and said, don't put it in our street, you fucking idiots. Go put it in a drain somewhere else. Like it's too easy for him to figure out. The letterbox, you put it in yeah,
0: into the drain. Yeah. All right. We used to play a little little bit of letterbox baseball. Quite fun. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Is
1: that in the car?
0: Yeah, it's in a car. But because uh, we're in Australia, you had to play left handed like a fucking freak of nature. Mm. So, didn't always work out.
1: Is that where you just drive past with a baseball bat or cricket bat, smashing letterbox? Yeah,
0: you have to sort of get up on the footpath or around the, you know, into the ditch and just smash them. Good fun.
1: You would have been too old for this game because he didn't rise to prominence until um until I was a teenager. We used to play a game called Bin Laden. Yeah and you just grab onto one of the wheelie bins at the back and, yeah, just full speed sort of 10-pin bowl it into a bunch of bins. Oh,
0: never too old to have fun, Nicholas. Um, Done it. (laughs)
1: Wasn't called that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe it was called something different. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, New Year's. I think the best New Year's I had as an adult, got drunk with a bloke who used to be, one of those guys that happens a lot in comedy. You, when you start out, you become great mates with people and then they just drop off for whatever reasons. This bloke, Pete, he was a prominent comic in the in the Melbourne open mic scene. Very funny dude, but he was shit on the booze. Yeah. And uh, we're in a cab one night on New Year's Day. It must have been one in the morning, New Year's Day, and with our partners at the time. And Pete, at, we must have been doing 80K an hour on the road, yelled out, now, the cab's got wings and just opened his fucking car door. Jesus. And the, the cab driver had to swear. I was so blind. I thought it was funny. Like, he wasn't going to hit anyone. It's just very funny to see a man that drunk that thinks that's a good idea. Bit
0: of harmless, larrikin' fun. Did you get kicked out of the cab? No.
1: No, it was New Year's. We were probably the best behaved in a oh, taxi man.
0: that night. Yeah, that's, a, that's the problem with New Year's. Brings out the fuckwit in most people.
1: He's woken up, I believe. He told me two stories about blacking out. Once he woke up in the movies, just watching a movie, didn't know how he got in there. Yep. And another one was he woke up under a tray of bread that was like cooling outside a bakery. Oh, the baker's chucked it on him. No, no, no. He said he's, he thinks he's curled up underneath for a little rest. Oh, okay.
0: Bit of warmth with bloody nature's electric blanket, <laughs> tray hot crossies, <laughs> cooling themselves off out the back and then before they get palmed off with f- fucking tip rat vomit on them to coals in a six pack. <laughs> Beware, everyone. Um, anyway, New Year's Eve does bring out the fuckwit in everyone, and this is a New Year's Eve classic story we got for episode 43 of Mid Flight Brawl. If you can cast your mind back to December 31. 2008. That was the
1: year we did the cab with the plane doors. Oh, right. Good to know Pete wasn't the worst bloke in the world on
0: that night. Well, no, I don't think so. We're looking at good old Thompson Airways, Mm. and haven't they come to the fore lately? Yeah. Um, Flight 133 from Manchester to the Dominican Republic. Again, Northern England. Fucking hot diggity. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're on it. They really do represent themselves well on this podcast. All those mankeys heading over to soak up the culture, New Year resolution to see the world one gated villa community at a time. <laughs> uh, head over there, maybe try to ride a humpback whale or something. I don't know what it is that they'd be up to. but um, Getting sunburnt and drinking fucking Tetleys. Oh, yeah, Demanding Barry's tea. <laughs> <laughs> In a country that don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> this, um, this flight got delayed by three hours, allowing the hoodlums to slug heaps more booze oh. than they usually would before a flight. Mistake, big problem.
1: Those low cost carriers out of Northern England should the flight should aim to leave early. That's the only way they're going to avoid, oh, avoid any trouble.
0: This guy, that, yeah. yeah, you're not getting that 15 minutes, those two pints, you're not getting them. Um
1: Yeah, that's it's like for, you know the old rule, like an hour going to bed, every hour's sleep you get before midnight is worth two. Yeah. I think it's like every <laughs> every pint they get after the original yeah. uh time it was meant to leave. That's worth three
0: pints. Oh, they're gonna be fucking. Totally. But um, they, they got more, actually. But by the time they got on right, they were fucking charged, most of them. Like pretty much this, this fast-forwarded the flight straight to magic hour as soon as they were on. Oh, yeah. Because they're already <laughs> three hours in technically by the time they got on. Their ears hadn't even popped by the time things kicked the fuck off on this flight. Um, 36-year-old Grant Smith from Burnley, he was – uh. He he was swigging some of his own duty free with his then girlfriend and another couple. And um he thought there's a perfect time to steal flight attendant Tim Burroughs' wallet. I assume Tim <laughs> had it on a chain or something. And Grant just yanked it. And there he goes, Velcro.
1: What sort of fucking tip rat flight attendant has their wallet in their pocket as they're walking around? I don't that, know. You don't trust the people you work with, <laughs> the people that are that's fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't have my wallet in my pocket on a flight. I don't have it with me most of the time, to be honest. I lost my license the other day, um, not not because of anything nefarious. I wasn't speeding or anything. I just lost the physical uh, license because I keep it loose in my pocket. Yeah. I hate carrying a wallet around now. Um. So I just have my license in a pocket and then I've got
0: all the other shit on my phone, the cards on my phone. You get your license on the phone now. Can you? New South Wales can. Oh, shit. Maybe you might want to look into that down there. Who knows? uh, I I would be surprised if Melbourne, the most progressive city in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe the world, hasn't pioneered this and found themselves with their licenses on their phones, although who knows?
1: You should be able to just take a photo of it and show the cops a photo because the number would match up. Surely.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was, yeah, probably. Isn't
1: that what they're looking for?
0: They're looking for the number. Yes. Cops are. The rest of the shit's fancy. But uh with nightclubs and the like and those things you've got to scan on to get in for when you start fights later on, not so much. I'm not going into those sort of pubs at the time where the scanner's out. I don't like the scanners either, but I have to go to gigs sometimes. you got to scan in oh. to get into an RSL or something to do your show. Oh, yeah. So you, they're not letting you off with that or anyone. Um, anyway, Grant's just yanked his his wallet out of his pocket or off the chain or whatever, and him and his mate started chucking it around the cabin in a game of keepaways and uh eventually found its way back to Grant he caught the wallet and like all good bullies, he gave it back to Tim, but under the condition that Tim go fetch him some food pronto, he said, Yeah, I've shown you up, yeah, this is his quote I've shown you up, yes, I'm sorry.' go get me a sandwich. (laughs) That wasn't a good start. Great work there from Grant. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and this is early on. Very. Very very early on. As soon as the the trolley's out. Later on, he was malingering around the cabin door area saying things like, I'm not sure what I'll do. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Wow. He also made some homophobic remarks to the cabin staff and started a fight with one of his companions, what they call a play fight.
1: Yeah, but incredible that... It's gotten this far. Like, again, I'm, I'm obsessed with the flight attendant's wallet situation. Is he Has he got it in his pocket and they've pulled it out with the chain or is he someone like if he's sitting at the bar, does he just have his darts and his wallet and his keys
0: and his phone and everything just on top of the trolley as he pushes it along? Oh, you reckon? <laughs> he's got all his belongings up there and his car keys and shit. <laughs> just begging some hoodlums <laughs> to play piggy in the middle with his stuff. Um, Grant was issued... With two written warnings, both of which he quite rightly ripped up into little pieces and threw on the floor. <laughs>
1: again, again, when are they going to change the rule around these written fucking warnings? Never
0: heard of one going well.
1: It's like post 9 11, the pilots don't come out of the cockpit anymore. They don't try and talk with someone. Yeah. You know, it used to be the pilot would come out and go, all right, you want to fly somewhere? Where should we go? Don't crash the thing. But after 9 11, fuck that. How many of these until it's like, hey, this guy's drinking fucking rum out of a green duty-free bag, I don't think this letter is going to help things move along?
0: Oh, I think, well, there's got to be a winner out of every situation. 911 has seen pilots just shut the door and do what they want, and what they want, I mean, is sleep while autopilot just sorts <laughs> shit out. No fear of someone opening that and going, fuck, these two are asleep. Is that what you thought
1: when coronavirus happened? So many people in the airline industry got, they sort of lost their jobs or their jobs got put on hold and they had to go and do other jobs. And people are like, what are pilots doing working at a Woolies? Well, you, (laughs) fuck, maybe you brought, maybe that's why they were upset because there's no autopilot when you're stacking shelves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just couldn't tick off a checklist at the start and then put the feet up for a few hours and have a coffee and a yarn. Oh, yeah.
0: They've, they've, um, (laughs) Well, I don't think they do much, pilots. I know they get revered and the likes of you love them, but there's not a lot to be done, really, honestly. No, but I, all the pilots I've met have said there's a lot to remember, not a lot to do,
1: but it's when it if something goes wrong, you want the best ones there, you know?
0: You do, but if something goes wrong, as far as they're concerned, they're going to be one of two things, a hero or dead. Yeah. So pretty good options for them. <laughs> They'll never come out looking like a fuckwit on this earth. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, um, unless you're that, unless you're that bloke that lost all his money and just fucking crashed it into the ocean. Another good, another good episode of uh, air crash investigation. What? And survived? No. Well, there you go. No, he lost everything. There was the, there was the bloke. Oh, no. But surely you look bad then as a
0: pilot. You look terrible, but you don't have to face the music, do you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what an
0: interesting way to look at pilots. They're <laughs> getting out of this fine. Either way. Oh, they're heroes. <laughs> uh, nearly, any, nearly every way, or they're fuckwits who are dead. Never a fuckwit is still alive. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, the pilots heard about the uh, written warnings being ripped up, and he said, look, fuck this. We're going to, where do you reckon? Bit cut off, bit remote to drop these drop kicks off. Cut off and remote, mm. it wouldn't happen to be...
1: Gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. Hi, I'm Marie Slattery, Head of Marketing for the Shannon Group, and welcome to Shannon Airport, Gateway to the Wild <laughs> Atlantic Way in Ireland. It's
0: not Shannon, was it? A very good guess, and I like the cut of your jib, but they, are, they were passed there <laughs> by this stage, so they, they ended up in Bermuda. Wow. Beautiful Bermuda. Good place. Who lives there?
1: You don't want to pay tax.
0: Absolutely. Six of them got booted, but Smithy, he was the one in most trouble. Uh, Smith, Grant Smith, he was in the shit for how he acted and how he spoke to flight attendant Tim Burroughs. Is that the new Bermuda Triangle,
1: just three cunts from Manchester spread out, drinking
0: duty-free, throwing your wallet around? (laughs) (laughs) Manchester, Dublin, Birmingham, that's the Bermuda Triangle. Um, John Ultram, the lawyer, defending said his client admitted calling Mr. Burroughs a poof but denied it was expressed as a homophobic comment. He said, it's a phrase that you that's used in some areas, less for comment on someone's sexuality but more on the way they're behaving. What do you make of that? Some areas it means Manchester.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't grow up there but uh, I've heard it used for the same reason in the 3029 Hoppers Crossing. Um, yeah, incredible. Fair play. A lawyer pulling that out. That was 2008 or oh, so 2009 when he was in oh, court. different It would be a little bit harder now, I reckon. Yeah.
0: You think? I don't know, man. It's not that long ago.
1: Still, that's what you're paying a suit for.
0: Get in there and get me off. I mean, the other thing he said about his client was uh, Smith is a single father whose teenage daughter is expecting a child. He'd gone on a holiday to get away from everything at home, in inverted commas, following the death of of a close friend. Now, oh. we've all had friends die before. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's part of the grieving process. People just have to leave you alone to get maggot, bully them, and call them poofs. <laughs> Step two, I believe.
1: I had a good friend die a couple of years ago, and that was the first move. Just get on Webjet, and uh, I was looking to go to a sunny place, get some duty free, just start yelling some slurs on the plane. I bet everyone left you alone. <laughs> they knew the drill. Is that between anger and
0: denial? Is that I forget the steps of grief? Uh, shock, <laughs> calling people puffs, <laughs> slash anger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, geez. Anyway, then he
0: then he sort of doubled down on his on his uh, defence. This lawyer he said, "Oh, Smith, he was not the only rowdy passenger. He was subjected to threats by a group of passengers from Liverpool. The old, oh, he's been doing it all day, sir." Ah, oh. that's why I was a fucking filthy grub. Other people with grubs had no option. God, that's a that's a rough flight. This flight attendant, hate victim blaming, but if
1: you see half the cabins Manchester and the other half are Liverpool. <laughs> How would you see that? Leave the wallet up front. The jerseys. Leave the wallet up front. Put it in the fucking black box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the jerseys. <laughs> They're all fucking red though. Yeah. Oh no, there'd be a few blue ones few city fans. Oh,
0: that, well, they're going to the Dominican Republic. They'll be wearing their away strip, I would think. <laughs> um, In the end, Grant Smith, not actually from Manchester, he's from Burnley. Um, oh, that's wrong. He uh, he lived in Sladeburn Avenue, no less, in Burnley, Lancashire. Went to the big house for 10 and a half months. Whoa. What a fucking, that's a big one, Grant. Have that. That is
1: massive. Oh, just a, sure, he tore up the two written warnings, called someone a poof, and, you know,
0: it was getting quite violent, but ten and a half months. To be honest, I've I've looked at a lot of these things. I think the poof thing is what sent sent that over the edge. Yeah. The judges went, fuck this, we're in a new century now, not having that. Um, I had a sticky beak at Sladeburn Avenue and the surrounds, bog standard English blood in the gutter houses area. Um, yeah. Nearest pub. <laughs> To Grant's place. This will interest you. It's called the. There. What's that? <laughs> downstairs. Is it downstairs? <laughs> Does he live above one? No, Actually, it's actually. Um, <laughs> it's about. It's about twenty minutes walk away. I looked it up on the maps. No, no. Oh. He's got to be a drink driver. No one should have to walk twenty minutes to the pub in e- in England. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. And it's called. It's called the Turf Hotel. No surf anywhere. Oof. Surf and turf. Yes. Are you, are you, do you ever? I just saw the turf and thought, Oh, surely there's surf and turf there. Yeah. am am I a surf and turf fan? I've ordered it to annoy you before. <laughs> <laughs> really sticking it to the vegans. And I'm I'm not a vegan, but it's really that's one for the ages. That they've had it coming for a long time. We've we've gigged together heaps and we've toured together about I'm sure we've had surf and
1: turf together before.
0: Or I got it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You're a fan. Well I, I mean, it's just so totally unnecessary. It's such an amazing thing to think to have. What's the term
1: that they use in Queensland on menus for like? So you've got the steaks, mm. and then it's got you know instead of it being its own meal, surf and turf. Oh, what do
0: they call them? You can like, have like add-ons a, or something? You can have a lobster topper or prawn topper or something like that. Topper. Yeah. <laughs> or they just call it the they call it the reef and beef instead of the surf and turf.
1: Yeah. No, but the topper. Yeah. I love that term.
0: Steak's not good enough. Let's put some cheesy sauce and shit on top, just to remind you of Sizzler from when your life was better, and that's where you ate. Um, Nothing says this steak's about to be
1: shit more than gravy being an option in the sauces menu for the steak. Oh yeah,
0: just plain gravy. You're talking (laughs) grave ox. No, there's a bit of powder, a few chunks of powder still in there.
1: Now I'm I'm telling you, growing up, I had no idea that gravy and pancakes. Came in other ways than powdered. <laughs> I honestly had no idea, <laughs> I had no fucking idea. I saw someone break eggs once when I slept over to make pancakes. Said, What's that? Said,
0: What's wrong with this cunt? <laughs> What's that? Where's the little milk carton? <laughs> I thought eggs came in powder. What about what did you make it the first time you saw a potato that wasn't fucking dead <laughs> flakes in a in a packet to make your mash? <laughs> Must have blown your fucking mind.
1: Man, we had. I, 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 remember at one point in my house there would have been gravox. I don't think there was Deb. I definitely remember mashing potatoes. Oh yeah. So we're above Deb, but there was yeah gravox, uh the pancake. What's it? shaken Shaken shake and bake. Yeah, pancake shake. Uh, and we had the fucking drink that the astronauts had. Tang. Tang. <laughs> <laughs> Tang's disgusting. Tang. <laughs>
0: My cupboard should be on the space station. It's just all powders. <laughs> oh, some of it's probably still there, just fine. With some behind a kickboard, you can still eat that. Um the uh turf hotel rights, character pub. Yeah. Turf Hotel, this very like one year ago now, pretty much nearly to the day, it was the setting for a thirty man brawl oh. last fighting season between Burnley and Newcastle United fans. Whoa. The uh the Clarets managed to beat the Magpies 1-0 and the Toon Army fucking hated that and started a biff at the Turf Hotel. Um, Pretty soon after the fight kicked off, fists were subbed out for glasses, pool cues and furniture. Fucking thugs, the British. Big fight. I um, I saw a bit of it but not much, not a lot of footage. Had a gander at the stills though of the men they're looking for. Yeah. Nine of them, all nine bald, angry, and wearing tracksuits of or footy jerseys. So pigs are looking for every English man over 22.
1: (laughs) Yeah, need need more information to narrow it down. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, uh, A faded barbed wire tattoo on the bicep. (laughs) Nah, sorry, mate. It's knocked
0: out two of them. (laughs) There's about 40 million to go. (laughs) They do go bald early, though. Don't they that, Mob? Pretty much like they just- Like a lot of English blokes, I know baldness starts earlier now anyway because of baseball caps and the like. Um, (laughs) But over there, they seem to go bald even earlier than here. No, surely that's got to be – it has to have something
1: to do with just the shit clipper jobs on their hair as children. They're just never giving hair a chance to grow. Like I think the hair just figures out, oh, it doesn't even –
0: They don't even want us here. All right. Doesn't matter. Everything I do, they try to, they just cut me down. I'm just trying to bloody get ahead (laughs) in life. Yeah. Then they just give up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's never been, their hair's never been longer than a three. So (laughs) just eventually thinks,
0: oh, we're not meant to be here. Like a gallbladder (laughs) or something. Yeah. It's like the appendix, just to get phased out (laughs) soon enough. Hair. Yeah. Pretty much any adult in a footy strip, though, particularly the ones with vertical stripes and no hair, should just be arrested on sight. From what I've seen, they're up to absolutely no fucking good in any country. <laughs> um, I saw a photo of Grant at the time of this in two thousand eight, at the age of thirty six. If he, you sure it was him? <laughs> well, yeah, it was in the article. It was in a couple of the articles. i not one hundred percent, but yeah, I think so. The, uh, did you see it? The the shiny vinyl jacket. No. Oh. Sounds good. Tell you what though, if he's telling the truth about his age, it's been a fucking hard life. And uh furthermore, a bit of one of his eyebrows seemed to have fallen off. Just a little strip of it. Yeah. A little strip right in the middle there. Yeah, grim. Bit of selective yeah. alopecia of the face. <laughs> so anyway, wasn't the uh this, this whole incident wasn't the last thing we heard of Grant Smith. In uh, oh, what happened? 2013, May 26. He was happily. Hold on, yeah, go on. What year was that? 2013. Grant was happily slumped in the back of a car of his friend, uh, who was driving in the beautiful Yorkshire Dales region on the May long weekend. Northern England may well have ex- been experiencing one of their trademark four or five days of sunshine for the year, and. Um, <sighs> Things were going great until the car got in a bit of a bingle and there was a fight. And the piggies there, piggies turned up to talk to the drivers when the now 40-year-old Grant got out and started mumbling and then pissing against a stone wall in front of children. Uh, When he was asked to stop, he turned around nearly pissing on a female police officer in the process. Jesus this earned him a formal warning, at which point he pulled out a denture plate and threatened to nut her. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> they uh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> How would that. That doesn't seem smart, though. Surely you want to keep as much of your head
0: in there as possible before you start throwing the skull around. What do you think he's going to shake his denture loose when he headbutts a female police officer? No, you just think it'd be better to bite down and do it. Yeah.
1: Well, you don't want gums on teeth for that. Certainly. The more you've clearly misplaced his mouth guard. Also, at this stage, Grant is, if I remember from the earlier story, he's now a granddad.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All good granddads uh, have dentures at, at 40 or whatever age they become granddads. You never want your grandpa to be caught
1: pissing in front of a cop and then threatening to... Liverpool kiss <laughs> or Glasgow kiss. we got a lot of messages about that, uh. a female cop. <laughs>
0: oh. oh, granddad. Oh, silly par. Well, uh, he's done it again. He's not a discriminator. Let's hand him that at least. Um, they chucked Grant into a police van where he urinated again. They should have just let him finish outside. Has he urinated again? I reckon
1: this man would have a dodgy prostate. He, there's a lot of beers that have run through Grant. He may have... You know what I mean that That could be a ten fifteen shake job. Yeah,
0: he's probably like the the conduit between lightning and the ground. The brewery, Grant, <laughs> fucking some soft soil. That's <laughs> <laughs> so um from the from the immediate Burnley area. In fact, a uh, an, another regular at the Turf Hotel himself is another famous face. Right. None other than Jordan North, Burnley's Nick Cody. All right. A Radio 1 DJ who appeared on I'm a Celebrity (laughs) coming second, (laughs) even after surviving getting in a box with 50 snakes while on the show, a feat which earned him his favourite meal, corned beef hash. Wow. Imagine that. That's the thing. I'm a celeb.
1: They'd give him shit food in the jungle, but that'd be just standard English fare,
0: surely. I would think so. I would think. They got corned beef hash that morning. They said, Well, you just won this challenge. What would you like? What's your favorite thing? Well, just had it, just give me that again. What a fucking amazing thing to to have. It's incredible. It's not that hard. Yeah. What would you get? Oh, if I if I won a challenge in the I'm a celebrity. I mean, I haven't even seen this show, but I even know from reading this exactly what happens. You get in a box of snakes and they go, Yeah, well done. Yeah. What do you want? And there you go. What would you get? Um, oh just a Palmer. Jesus I Christ. You should get corned beef ash. <laughs> Why would you get corned I'd, beef ash? I'd probably order the, whatever is the furthest away. <laughs> probably get some proper food miles up on it a gin and tonic with some 30,000 year old iceberg ice from the North Sea. <laughs> and alongside that, like a woolly mammoth steak or something. No passengers allowed on the charter flight bringing me my dinner. Just a pilot and my plate buckled into a seat. G and a special esky, just something like that. I get fucking corned beef hash or a palmy. They can knock that up in South Africa or wherever these cunts go for that.
1: Yeah, no, a lot of a lot of places don't know about Palmers though. There was a basketballer, um, Aussie basketballer. Fuck, what was his name? He just retired, Andrew Bogut. Mm. He got picked number one in the uh, NBA draft. Fun fact about the NBA: Melbourne, Australia, home of the most NBA number one draft picks. Three. Oh, yeah? So Melbourne not doing too bad on the world stage when it comes to basketball. Who are they? Mark Brad Bradtiky? No. <laughs> Andrew Gaze? It was Bogut. I forget the other two. Dante Exum, I believe. Is he one? I no. Fuck, I forget the other two. But two, I think, American parents were oh, born in Melbourne um,
0: and we fucking take it. I know the other one. Very popular. A few years ago. Still popular now, I assume. Oh, yeah, I don't fuck. know his fucking name. Ben Simmons. I was going to say Simpsons, but yeah, Simmons. Don't follow the game. Don't care. But yeah, well yeah.
1: done. Well done, Melbourne. Anyway, Bogut got a chef in America just to make him palmers. What do you mean? He got a chef. When he got drafted, number one, the first thing he did, he hired a chef mm. to make him palmers. A full-time chef to go around with him. Yeah, make palmers. Well, it was to make palmers at his home. I don't know if he took him on the road. Sorry, it was Ben Simmons, Andrew Bogut, and Kyrie Irving. Well
0: done, basketball, but better done, Melbourne. (laughs) Um, A little bit of where are they now. I found our grant on Facebook. Grant Smith, quite common. They said, you'll never make it. Well, I fucking did. Um, And I found our very own Grant Smith, quite the philosopher these days. You sent me a
1: bit of audio. You're going to have to explain this, mm. this audio clip, because it's in the toy, but I don't know what he's doing. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh.
0: What's happening? He's uh, he's living large these days on uh, water slides and the like and having a bloody good time. We'll get to where he is soon. Yeah. But uh, what he's done is he's lost some weight, not off his head, Looks the same. Slightly different name online. Still found him. Good job. He lists himself on Facebook as single. And where do you reckon he studied? Post high school, of course. Don't just let any old bastard in here. Oh, fuck. School of Hard Knocks? Wrong. University of Life. Oh. (laughs) The other big one. (laughs) Sorry. You said after
1: after high school. I forgot. You go from the School of Hard Knocks to the University of Life.
0: It's not fucking Oxford, mate. It's Cambridge. (laughs) Um, you had two guesses there. You picked the wrong one. He's um also he's got a he's got a big dog, like a status dog. You know about them, uh, white framed wrap around Sunnies. Yeah,
1: hold on. What are we What are we fucking doing here? We need a bit of this. Big dog. Oh yeah. White wrap around yeah. Sunnies. He likes. Them. Uh, where did he go to school again? What's his alma mater?
0: <laughs> the University <laughs> of Life. <laughs> He likes motorbikes, singlets and drinks. More Minimum one drink in every photo I've copped of this guy and there are heaps of photos. And I think he likes hair plugs as well. Okay. Although I'd have to see him in person to confirm and I don't fucking want to. <laughs> English baldies, particularly angry. The ones in denial are probably even worse.
1: Well, you'd get, you'd get a chance. It'd be very brief, but to have a look at the top of his head yeah. before it comes crashing down on your
0: nose, <laughs> if, if you can remember. Yeah, you, you, don't, you pull a bit of doll's hair out of your nostril later on, your bloody nostril, and go, fuck, I knew it. It was fake. Yeah, did I pass out onto a Barbie, or has fucking Grant come along with his skull again? <laughs> it's um, Grant Smith. He spent a number of years since these couple of incidents, and this will surprise you, living in Thailand. Oh. More chili. <laughs>
1: well, literally now in every fucking meal, more chili. I wonder how Grant's holding up. Oh. You can't go from that nor- that northern English. That's where m- my mum's from, Yorkshire. You can't go from that overcooked meat and, uh, you know, mint jelly yeah. on roast to, uh, to
0: Thailand. It's going <laughs> to... Cause havoc on the guts. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's. Well, he's been he's been blacklisted from a bunch of bars and night spots, maybe dodgy chili, and uh, I don't know. But he calls himself. T- hold on, sorry, sorry. Did you say blacklisted from nightclubs
1: in Thailand? Yes. Fuck. That's. Does that take a fair bit? That is incredible. Not one more. That is. That is. Some fucking effort oh, okay. for people in Thailand to be like you've had too much, mate. Yeah, and too much to the point that you cannot return here every year.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I didn't realize I've never been, probably never will go, and uh, I I didn't know what sort of a feat that was. But um, if the Patreon
1: gets high enough, I'm I'm dragging you to Bali and Thailand. I'm not going to fucking either. Um, oh, no, I'll trick you. I'll say get your passport. We're going to France. You turn up and go, I'll believe that. Jetstar doesn't fly to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Only bring singlets. Yeah. We're
0: (laughs) we're going to Nice. (laughs) um, Grant calls himself the Duke Bangkok. Not the Duke of Bangkok, just the Duke Bangkok. Uh, The Duke enjoys the local culture immensely such as motorbikes, young women on motorbikes, and full English breakfast, including an entire can of baked beans covering a fair bit of real estate on the plate. So that's how you circumvent your Thai chili, <laughs> just going to a place and ordering fucking English breakfast in a country that doesn't make it. Um, not much on his online presence to suggest his teenage daughter, who was expecting a baby in 2008, has much to do with the Duke of Bangkok. Um. A lot of young English, and Australian for that matter, kids. Let's be honest, though. If he was a granddad in
1: 2008, there's a good chance he's a great granddad, all right? Time moves fast. Oh, no, nah,
0: man. The kid would be, no. No kids. It'd be 12. It'd, it'd be grim. <laughs> it'd be fucking grim. <laughs> Give him at least five years for that. Don't. I think you're being unfair. No, it's, t- it's 2021 now. Anything can happen. Yeah, the kid would be fucking 13. Now, if he's, no, nah, I'm not having that. Five, four years. Give him four years. He'll be a great granddad. Yeah at uh, fifty odd. No? Fifty early fifties. Sick.
1: Um I tell in another episode we spoke about this. We did it once on Triple M um youngest grandparent. Mm. And I think a thirty-four year old called in. Yeah, right. I think it was like a yeah. But there was a like a nineteen and a fifteen or something. Yeah. The thirty four wasn't a seventeen followed by a seventeen. Oh right. They're just... Or it was a fifteen
0: followed by a nineteen. Ooh. You know? Yeah, right. I mean, if you go back a couple of generations, 15 was somehow slightly more acceptable. So if you can go like a 15, 17, 19 great grandparent. Yeah. You're still fine. Yeah. You're still pretty fucking, well, oh, don't want to think about it. Makes me feel icky. A um, lot, of, lot of young English children and Australians, for that matter, will be, be just wondering where grandpa is these days. <laughs> fucking Thailand, usually. Dirty, <laughs> dirty fucking cunts.
1: <laughs> you just never. Oh, you just don't want to be that bloke. Oh,
0: yuck! Like just yeah. Anyway, happens quite a lot.
1: How does it get them? It starts with um, cheap beers. Just got to get away from it all. Yeah, right. And then it becomes you're sitting at a bar for so long that they say you should invest, and then you think buying a bar, part of a bar that you've been drinking in, is a sound business decision and then you meet a girl there, and then all of a sudden... Alongside all those things are a unhappy marriage at home. Oh, yeah, already that was already factored in. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, this is post-divorce thoughts.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, not sure if Grant Smith ever made his way to the Dominican Republic, but their loss appeared to be Thailand's gain. Um, he has been known. I flicked through a fair bit of his Facebook and, and other shit he's got online to ask rhetorically, you know what i miss about England? Fuck all. Turns out the breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the banter. He loves a banter and the breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out ham steaks. He's really missing Oh, them. gammon. Yuck. Why, why would he miss it when he can sit in a bar with a couple of other silverbacks with young women on their laps and go to <laughs> water parks, as we heard? Him flying down a water slide.
1: Oh, is that what that is? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh shit. Oh.
0: Great. He's having fun. There's a grandpa whose last wish is to love life. <laughs> well, that's where he
1: graduated from. Man. The University of Life. Oh, yes. Yeah, Maybe that's not what the words he lives by. It's
0: just love life. He's talking about his old school. Uh, it's in the postgraduate, they tell you to do to go to Thailand. That's the, um, the PhD. Just go to Thailand. It's a one-day course. the PhD for the University of Life. Um, one of the one of the few videos of the Duke not featuring sharkers and the loud hum of some form of engine noise. Uh, and I did watch a bunch, and there is a there is a theme of him not being allowed into a restaurant or an airport or somewhere, and there's authority there, and he films a confrontation and posts it. Great. And that's how you get shit done. Amazing. Again, for it to happen on such a regular
1: basis that it's like, fuck, here we go again. Where's my phone? Hold on. I need this for Facebook. Like if, I've ever, if I ever had cops and a fucking restaurant owner in my face yelling at me about something I did, the first thought
0: isn't get the camera out. No. It happens a bit to Grant. He's a perpetual victim. And um, the message he likes to convey is, you know, I can sort this out because I'm very clever. Mm. Uh, bald Englishmen have that as an affliction. Bullying has and always will work though. So I'm, I'm with him there. But the rest of it, take it easy. He mu- I, Again, I I
1: don't want to assume what he's about, but you must have some, like I had some mates, well, not mates, blokes I played footy with that moved over to uh, Patea, I think, in Thailand. Yep had nefarious ties to different gangs and whatnot. Mm. I assume you can't just keep getting kicked out of restaurants and blocked from entering airports without you
0: hanging around with certain types. Oh, yeah, it's a special kind of man. And Grant is that man. Good on you, Grant. Can't wait to see what you're up to next, buddy. Oh,
1: I've again, I, I don't want to assume what his life, uh, the trajectory of it, but I reckon the next time we hear from him, there will be a bit of this.
0: It can't be good. Well, he's clocking in at forty-eight years old now. For Burnley, that's your—that's three score and ten. It's forty-eight. <laughs> I don't do math. You go how, how much is three score and ten? It's forty-eight. <laughs> everything from now on's a bonus.
1: why like yes. That's why you've got to have grandkids early. Yeah, everything. It's like doggies.
0: <laughs> he's two tom yums and a violent ejection from a restaurant away from just fucking cracking his skull on a gutter. The Burnley farewell (laughs) A scooter accident That's what I'll get him It's always a scooter
1: accident Because they don't live long enough for melanoma to get him
0: I didn't see on the water slide If he had the Thailand tattoo The the second degree burn scooter mark Up the inside (laughs) of each calf
1: Mate I saw a bloke in a Thai bar the other year There for Dum Dum Club A guy that had fallen off the scooter Onto his new tattoo Oh, Which
0: (laughs) Straight through the glad wrap Yeah Yuck.
1: Just a bit of illegible Latin, something about being tough and <laughs> soldiering on or something. I assume that's what he wanted the message to say. But, uh, yeah, scars all over it. Yeah. Never did it. Been to Bali once, Thailand a few times. Hopped on a scooter once and held on for my dear life to a man who was driving me who would have been a third of my body weight. Yeah, right. I look like It looked like the elephant and the mouse. Cartoon,
0: what? As a taxi ride, <laughs> like he was taking you somewhere you wanted to go. Yeah, fuck that, just walk.
1: Yeah. Um. Have you ever done it? You ever, you ever been on the back of a scooter? No. In any? Absolutely not. No. No. Not gonna. No, I'm not. Just ride a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't do that, there, man. You go to Thailand or Bali, Bali or whatever, but it's fucking busy. I don't know if you want to ride a bike about around there. Vietnam, Vietnam on a bike. It looks like insane Amsterdam. I don't know how the,
0: how people get around. I'll tell you what my brother did, right? He wanted, this was only a couple of years ago, he went on a holiday to Thailand with his family. He lives in Hong Kong. He got, Yeah. I don't know what they're called, the ones where you just, like a backwards wheelbarrow, you put your family in the back and you run. You just hold the two th- things. And, oh,
1: fuck. What are they called? I don't know. Um, ah, fucker.
0: Yeah, it's got one of those, one of them, right? And just, Kept it for the week, and run his family around town on that raised quite a few eyebrows. Yeah,
1: well, it's a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> Pretty good. I will not stop thinking about the name of this fucking <laughs> thing. sucked in because I don't care. What is it? I'm going to bed and I'm going to sleep through <laughs> the night just fine. <laughs> I'm going to stare out the window until my son wakes <laughs> up in six or seven hours. I'll be useless for days. All right, man all right that that brings us to the end of another episode of midflight brawl thanks so much for tuning in thanks for all the messages you send us on insta as well but, uh, at midflight brawl or send us an email at midflight brawl pod at gmail.com uh patreon new episodes of land larrikins every fortnight uh patreon.com midflight brawl if you want a part of that heggy you've got a bunch of gigs coming up
0: man I'm touring fucking hard starting this month it's uh yeah I'm on the road it's back comedy's fucking back how about you it's so good yeah I've got a bunch of dates that'll
1: be coming out soon Lukeheggy.com for your dates nickcody.com.au for mine I've got a feeling we're in a lot of places at the same time and there may be an announcement about a live mid-flight brawl coming out soon oh, That's one I'll get onto it alright mate can't trust you with your computer no I'm not fucking on that <laughs> see everyone bye There, mate Thanks for tuning in to Mid-Air Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's
0: mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, ready to go the clap. Hang on, sorry, I fucked it. Clap. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,